live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield and Adam Hill on ESPN Las Vegas. TI is the site you heard at Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar, and we were just talking to Brian Blessing, and he was mentioning how the guys here, they get it, they get it. Tony Neville gets it, so they're going to be really big on Friday and Saturday with the Derby weekend, so come on down. These guys know what they're doing, and they've got a nice dedicated section for the horse players. Tonight, Golden Knights, puck drop, 6.30. Got a beer special, draft beers, 5 bucks. You can also take advantage of a, a great menu, great menu. Get that bison burger. They're rolling it out here, and uh, this place is great. They triple the size of it. A sports book right inside the TI. You park in the back. You walk by Mystere, you know, right down the escalators. You're in. You're good to go. So come tonight and anytime for any sporting event. Hang out at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. Headline, Manfred Rob, head of baseball, says uh, expansion fee could be in the $2.2 billion range. What's your reaction? You just laughed. Okay, that's your reaction. I mean, I think there are four or five cities that could be in the running, I think. I, I, you know, I had a whole conversation with Candy a couple weeks ago, and and uh, I don't know that he was getting what I was saying. From a Vegas standpoint, do we want to be part of baseball? Yeah, not not, but not over basketball, right? Not over the NBA. No, we want the NBA. We want both. Okay, I, I don't know that it would work. I mean, the, to me, the, the new model of the business is. Uh, in in any market, I, I think your goal has to be to get twenty five thousand a game. Because beyond that, I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I think there's going to be a lot more people watching on TV than in the past. And the other challenge is, is this guy who wants two point two billion dollars and it's the owners wants two point two billion dollars in expansion fees. Is he the guy to lead baseball into a new era when right now the average fan's like fifty four years old? So. I have made the case that baseball, more than any other sport, I mean, football, we've already seen it, but baseball, more than any other sport, should really thrive with the expansion of sports betting. Of course it should. And yes. So, and so, so, then, so this is great. There was a story out a couple of days ago, because Manfred actually mentioned it, and I think he was, I think he, yeah, he was thinking, hey, you know, full disclosure, honesty is appreciated. I like, watched the live stream. Like, no. Yeah, Manfred goes, you know, I was told by Adam Silver, stop with the pace of play stuff. Right. And those of us who watch baseball are like, dude, we're there. We're watching the game. These seven-inning doubleheaders are the dumbest thing ever. It's ruined. It's not ruining, but the integrity of the game's affected. You're a buffoon. You want the games to go the full length. And why? Silver told him. He's like, the pace of play is perfect. You get the gamble on everything, Bobby. So it's, stop trying to tweak the pace of play and make it faster. It's hilarious. Not, not uh, you know, uh, sorry for stepping out, but I did a, I actually did a radio show with somebody else, um, and we talked about it. I'm hurt. I could say I, I just saw Ari on our uh, video <laughs> communicator. He his, his head dropped. He's like, wow. Okay. We we did like 20 minutes on if baseball would just learn to embrace betting, like. The fact that because one of the problems with like NBA and NHL live betting is like the the scores change and then you you can't really do it you can't really it's, adjust it's horrendous because I try to bet I try to bet college basketball during the game and it's just like 
it's a race sitting there. You're like, okay, I got the number. You know, whatever. I'm looking at a comeback. I got nine and a half on the on the better plus nine and a half on the better team. And you're like, bet, 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 bet. And it just the, the cycle goes so quickly. The natural resets in baseball make it so conducive for live betting and things like, I mean, if you have apps right now, which highly recommend, go get your apps down here. At TI. Um, when you have the app, you have things like live betting on the game. You know, side total run line, all those options, and then you have things like what will be the score by the seventh inning. But do you also have will there be a run in the sixth inning? Will there be a run in the seventh inning? There's so many live betting opportunities for baseball in the future. And I've talked about this before from from all these trips to CES that I've done. Of like, they're trying to figure out how to integrate betting into the TV. Yeah. So like, while you're watching, here, what's this going to happen? What's going to happen here? What's what's going to happen on this at bat? Those sorts of things. It's perfect. So you're saying bring baseball to Vegas, make the stadium like 35,000 seats so you have lots of room around the seats to have like basically a betting portal. Every, or maybe only part of the stadium, but half the stadium. You get a big cushy seat. You got a screen. You can sit there and in-game wager. In your seat. Yep. Have it right there. Not your phone. No. Like actually have a little screen. Perfect. I love it. You think baseball but, could, ever, could ever wrap their head around that? But, but No. But my, my whole point of this wasn't even that. It was more... Like I've had this conversation, and yet the guy who runs ba- who gets paid millions and millions of dollars couldn't figure this out. And as as you said, I watched this interview. He was like, you know, I was, I was complaining about pace of play all the time and doing all these interviews and and this and that and that. And then I, I got a call from Adam Silver one day. He's like, Rob, your pl- your pace of play is perfect. What are you doing? And he's like, that's a good point. Why does he have to tell you? I've been saying this forever. <laughs> Pay me the millions. Why can't Adam Silver just run both leagues? Yes. He already is, clearly. He's calling him up and saying, dude, shut up. So awesome. You're wrong. The NBA's commissioner is like, man, I wish man, I wish I ran baseball. He's like, can we figure out a How way to, money? to implement can innings? Make? Can we implement innings into the NBA so we can reset the score all the time so that we can have live betting opportunities? Why is this idiot who's gifted this perfect opportunity, have no idea what he's talking about. Number four. Sorry, just reminded me of the uh, the old rant that Sports Big used to do, that Selig was the only commissioner who still like put together the baseball schedule based on the train schedule. Well, didn't he say he didn't have internet? Yeah. <laughs> but Selig didn't have and the then, internet. And Manfred is Selig's handpicked guy. Yeah. And, well, and he literally is programming the sport. For, he's like, oh, our average age is 54. Well, I really like to embrace the 72-year-olds. Nothing all, against you guys out there. All you have to do is go look at the – watch that documentary. Watch the A-Rod documentary. Like, however you feel about the rest of the story, like, you just see how much of an idiot he is. Number four. Sorry, we're done. Four, Sorry, four I set fun. you up. That's fine. Uh, the Niners' decision is in. Is it? Well, you sent over but, a story uh, – tra- you sent over the story, Slug, that Schefter kind of explains how the Niners came to their decision, whatever that may be. So we've we've been saying for a while, like my whole thing on Justin Fields, first of all, he's better than Mac Jones. But the, the whole thing was why would the 49ers so early in the process, when Mac Jones was looked at as the fifth of five, when nobody seemed very interested in drafting Mac Jones very high, why would the 49ers have gone through that giving up all these assets to trade up to number three if the pick was Mac Jones. It just it never made sense. Like, why would that happen? Now, Schefter tried to explain it, which sounds like it came from uh, the 49ers, obviously, which is how you're supposed to be, you know, how you're supposed to report. Good job by him. Um, he said 
this is what happened essentially is that they weren't set on Mac Jones when they made the trade. It's not like they made this trade to get Mac Jones. The reason they made the trade, according to this report, was that they looked at the situation and they said, we're comfortable trading up for Mac Jones. We don't know about the other guys yet. We haven't we haven't looked into him enough. We saw Mac Jones' pro day. We talked to him. We talked to people around him. We're comfortable with him at three. He might not be the pick, but we're comfortable enough to know that if worst case scenario, we'll take Mac Jones third. And then we'll let the other guys try to try to, you know, we'll let Mac Jones set the bar there at three and let the other guys try to clear that bar. And apparently they never did. And that's why that's how they set on a Mac Jones. Now, again, what we hear is that Trey Lance still has a chance. They haven't decided yet. But it's getting close. Well, I mean, there's a couple things here. It is Shanahan's pick according to sources that and I think that's interesting that Shanahan gets to make the pick. I'm not 100% confident in his ability. But he, he's the one who's got to design the offense and run things. And I saw uh, in an ESPN.com story, an NFC coach with ties to Shanahan said, quote, Mac Jones is basically all the quarterbacks Kyle has coached rolled into one, Kirk Cousins, Matt Schaub, and Matt Ryan. I mean, I like Matt Ryan. I mean, if it was a more, like a more consistent uh, Kirk Cousins. Now, what does all that mean? This person says that uh, they believe Mac Jones can run the play action and know where to go with the ball in a flash. He needs someone to rip it without hesitation and let Kyle's scheme open the rest. And I know you trust in little Shanny. You've called it, you know, his uh, his play calling and execution football porn. It is. It's, it's amazing. But I also think, like, how good could it be if you had a different element? If you had the, the Trey Lance element to the offense or the Justin Fields element to the offense – how much better could it be than, you know, just sit in the pocket and make the right decision and don't be exciting Mac Jones? Number three. Also, weird nipples. Please, I can't do this anymore. We, we, like, we forced this on uh, – who was on yesterday? We forced this on the poor guy who was breaking down the Jaguars. We forced it on Stormy. I mean, enough. We forced it on Ali on the podcast. Uh, Ali last night. He's, he's, he's a bad body guy, all right? He's a bad body guy. Broncos trade for Teddy Bridgewater. Done. That's it. Quarterback question is answered. Yeah, I mean, they're saying it's not. You know, they're trying to still, because as you and uh, Brian were just talking about, and it was completely uh, appropriate, like, why would you announce this and give away your plans? Why would you tell all these teams that the 8-9 and nine pick, or I guess 8 is open again to quarterback, but why would you say that the 9 pick is not going to be a quarterback when you could have tried to fool teams to jump up if you didn't want a quarterback? Like if again, if you're Denver and you get somebody to leapfrog you, thinking you might take a quarterback, that's one more elite player that's not a quarterback that's still on the board. So you'd want somebody to try to leapfrog you to take a quarterback. It doesn't make any sense to announce it, um, but that's where they are now. Now both teams are still saying, "Hey, this doesn't preclude us from taking a quarterback." If you're Denver, you don't believe in Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater's a bridge quarterback, you can still take a quarterback. I think Fields or Lance at nine would be brilliant. Sure. You know, hell, if you get them, you, you can move on lock now. There's some teams out there that could, they could use a, I mean, I've talked about the Steelers. Would I, you know, if I could get Drew Locke for a fifth round pick to be the guy behind Roethlisberger and part of a mix next year when Big Ben moves on, sure. Can I, I mean, can I throw a, a wrench into the whole thing? What? Who is maybe the fifth, fourth best, fifth best, maybe sixth best quarterback in this draft? Jordan Love? 
what? Like, if you're one of these quarterback needy teams out there, Kyle, the Packers seem to have now said, you know what? We screwed up. Have they? Aaron Rodgers, they they made the statement the other day, finally, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback for the, quote, foreseeable future. So, wait, so how does that come into how does that come into play? You're talking about the teams that I'm mentioning? It's saying, hey, if there's if there's future still... Teams? Yeah, if you're still looking for a quarterback. Oh. Like, okay. if you do miss out or if you, you know, if you're still looking for a quarterback after the draft or tomorrow, would if you, you're... If you, were, if you were the Packers, would you trade... I'm sorry to cut you off. Would you trade Jordan Love for a second or a third the next year? If I was the Packers, yeah. I would I would try to get first I'm saying for the, the the this the year after you draft him, would you trade him for a second or third in this year's draft? I mean, depends on what they've seen from him, right? I mean, they didn't even he wasn't their backup last year, yeah. so it didn't seem like it was it was going very well. Um, but they've had a chance to see him for a year. It's a good thought, though. While he still has you know some value, if you believe now that Rodgers is going to be there like three or four more years, you, you probably got to move on him. Yeah, the point. I mean, the point of taking him was, hey, Rodgers might have a year left, and then Rodgers is the MVP. He had the best season of any quarterback in the league, and now you're committed to him for the next couple of years. So the whole point of having this this quarterback on a rookie contract, which is the dream scenario in the NFL, having a quarterback on a rookie contract uh, for cap purposes, how long is he, are you going to get him for? A year, two years on his rookie deal? Cut bait. What do you do, uh, back to Bridgewater, what do you do with the Broncos over under win total? Seven and a half Broncos, seven and a half Raiders. Does he make any difference? Half win? I mean, don't you think? I don't you think they're gonna? You know, they the books will get enough action over seven and a half to either the price is gonna go way up. You know, you're gonna have a heavy minus on that side, or they have to move it to eight. I think it depends what they do tomorrow too. Do they? I mean, do they really solidify and bolster the defense with like a Micah Parsons, uh, where you look at the defense that's good and say, okay, that could be a great defense, and you know, Bridgewater will be good enough on offense. I, I mean. The thing is, it shouldn't really change anything because Denver's plan to me right now is the same as it was yesterday. They want Drew Locke to win the job. They want Drew Locke to be the quarterback. Like, this is, if you don't, we're more than fine with Teddy Bridgewater being the guy, but their preference is for Drew Locke to go crush him in camp (laughs) and establish himself as the starter. I don't think it'll happen, but it shouldn't really change your mindset of what the Broncos are. Number two. Hockey time. We're getting ready for a 6.30 start. Golden Knights taking on the Avalanche. Gerard Gallant is back in coaching with Team Canada. Devils? No. I already I said it. Business. I didn't do it. I didn't. Business. Wait. Did Gerard just pop in there? Crank it up. I knew your business. Wait. wait. All right, okay, but you have a job. No, where we gotta, we gotta where move, are you coaching? No, we got to move on. He said none of our business. We got to move on to number one. Oh, I forgot about that. Gerard's awesome. When he was in a mood, none of your business. Uh, he was in a mood. So he's coaching Team Canada, huh? Sure. I mean, listen, it's cool. I'm sure that he's excited uh, to get back out there and, and to coach, and maybe maybe it leads to something else uh, for next season. I'm, I, I think that there's possibilities for him or what he wants to do. I don't know if maybe he's already talked to somebody and said, hey, you're going to get a job next season. So he's maybe you know just getting back in it, getting back in the flow of things and getting, getting his reps in, uh, so to speak, here. Or maybe he hasn't heard anything, anything from anybody, and he's like, well, this is my chance to go out and – and do some coaching and, you know, get off the couch a little bit. So I'm not sure exactly where it is. I think that he probably will have a job if he wants to next year. But maybe this is what he wants to do. Maybe he wants to coach, you know, championship tournaments here and there and, and participate with Team Canada and not have to go back to the NHL on the grind. Number one. Big tilt tonight. Exciting. 
Avs, you think, are the best team in hockey? When healthy. Not right now, yeah. When fully healthy, when the full roster's together, yeah, I, I do think they're the best. No Grubauer. Big. No. Which players on the VGK uh, roster are out? Do we well, know? We, we are waiting uh, to find exactly uh, who's in there tonight. Riley Smith's been out. Looks like a game-time decision, uh, but he did return uh, to practice. Keegan Colasar practice as well. Another game-time decision. Uh, Nick Waugh, or as he says, Nick Roy. Still still a weird one. Uh, looks like uh, I'm probably going to not play. I mean, also a game-time decision, but it wasn't available uh, at practice. And Tomas Nosek, kind of the same scenario uh, as Waugh. So not full strength for the Knights. Definitely not full strength for the Avalanche, who are still kind of working their way back from their COVID pause, their second COVID pause of the year. They've got some, uh, some shorthanded issues there. But um, this is not a playoff preview because I think of all the guys that are out, but I think you'll see some of that playoff intensity in this game with two teams that, um, that know hey, Colorado needs the points to, uh, to, to kind of keep pace with the Knights and to, to put themselves in position to chase them down the last 10 games of the season. And on the other side, the Knights want to you know separate themselves a little bit, create some distance with some tough games down the stretch where they don't have to really scrape and claw to get to that number one seed. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island, it's Cofield and Company. I love the show and our contributors, members of the company. We've got all these guests who love cooking. You know, we introduced a new feature on the show called the Fat Pack. Get it? The Rat Pack? Fat Pack? Sure. Uh, food talk every day. Because we do it nearly every day anyway. So that's going to be at 4.30. And we were starting the heat between uh, Von Tobel and McKinnell again. Uh, this time about uh, maybe a pizza cook-off. And they had an argument over the weekend. They were crapping on each other, saying they weren't using fresh ingredients. And McKinnell's very stuck on the bag cheese thing. Like anyone who used, uses bag cheese from the supermarket is just, you know, you're not, you're not a real cook. And it is like, it's, it's been going on on Twitter. And uh, Truth from Duluth, Carl, one of our P1s who watches our podcast at night and uh, is following us all the time. I mean, this is, this is where this has gotten. Making basic cheese is actually pretty easy. No churning. That's butter. You just need milk and... And uh, all good Italian joints make, make fresh mozzarella every day. Yeah, we're, we're talking about making a pizza at home. I have to make the cheese now? Do you have time to make cheese? No. And I, if I did, I wouldn't spend it making cheese. <laughs> if I had the time, yeah. I would find something better to do with the time. I mean, I've been getting into cheese a little more. Like I've been making uh, it. No, I've been trying to, you know, I never really looked at the, the highfalutin kind of cheese bin at some of the supermarkets and they'll have some nice cheese. Oh, I, I, I like a good cheese. For All right. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like OK, we could do the rest but of the hour on cheese. Here, like is, last week I got a Havarti, which it turned out to be so so. But, but that was like fourteen dollars a pound. I got some like Englishman's cheddar. It's delicious, but it's like eighteen dollars a pound. And at some point I'm like, I don't I don't have the budget. Big Mac. To be doing $18 a pound or, or make my own cheese at home. I don't have to die. But here's also the problem. Because, first of all, I'm never, I will never care about cooking. And, like, I will never do it. 
I will go buy the food. I'll get it delivered. I'll, whatever. Other people will cook. Whatever. That's fine. I'll never be into it. But if you were, this is what happens. So then Ryan goes after John for like, oh, you shredded cheese? Oh, okay. I'm going to make my own cheese. Blah, blah. And then John will be like, oh, make your own cheese? I just bought a cow, bro. Like, okay. Now, okay. Now what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, so gotta, uh, That's how it's going to go. We got a farm on the outskirts yeah. of town. And, that, and now it's like, I don't know, wake up at 4 a.m. so I could milk the cow, so then the cheese, the milk could curdle, so I could make cheese out of it, and then by, you know, 2 a.m. the next day, I'm eating my dinner. Like, okay, who has this time? Some people I'm do. telling you that Ryan's text, on, I, I sent the text to you guys, how long is this going to go? We started getting texts at like 9 a.m., starting the dinner, and then like 3 p.m., now we're putting the bread on. Like, okay, your entire day. Is cooking dinner. Um, but here's the thing, Adam. To each his own. We all have our own interest. Now, I know you're doing it for work, but, like, I look at your mock draft. You have your final mock draft out. I'm like, all right, that's that's an hour. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. An hour. That's, that's, that's an hour. Yeah. That's an hour. So he's making a meal all day Sunday, or may, now he's going to start making cheese and buy a cow, and he's going to have a cow out in front. I was... I was, I was Elsie's out in front of his, his house and wherever you. Maybe maybe that's why I was so mad on Sunday saying that because I was I was on like my seventh offensive lineman film. <laughs> you don't need to watch film for the mock draft. They're going to need ja- to. They're going to jack your draft up anyway. By there's going to be some trades and one one team. By the way, you see you see the, the rumor off. the rumor trade out there right now. No, no. What is it? Patriots up to eight. Okay. What does my mock draft have? I, I only ask because you're on it right now. Patriots to eight for Trey Lance. <laughs> no, this one says Patriots to eight for Justin Fields if he's still there. Okay. But it would be great if, I mean, I, I wish there was no rumors out there now because there weren't when I wrote it. Yeah. And it would have been brilliant. Are you saying you knew about these rumors or you were making super educated guesses? Super educated guesses. All right. I'm going to give uh, your mock draft a grade here because you gave the Raiders a grade last week. Sure. I'll give you a grade. I will also grade your lead, which, you know, we know uh, you and the leads. Trying to make, uh, it, we'll try get, to make it as vanilla as possible. <laughs> we'll, get to, we'll get to Adam Hill's mock draft. He actually does have uh, two moves, teams moving into the top ten to grab a quarterback. More of Cofield and Company is on the way, live at the Golden Circle Sports Bar inside TI. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Oh, the last day before the draft. Tomorrow's going to be wild and woolly. Adam, right before the break, you said uh, rumors out there that the Pats could move up, get to eight with the Panthers, and then take uh, Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Sure. Uh, Dale Arnold, uh, Boston radio guy. What I've been told by a reliable source, Patriots are working on a new contract for Jimmy G. That could lead to a deal with the Niners. Same source uh, who correctly told me that Tom Brady had signed with the Buccaneers. So, do you still have my mock draft called up? Yep. What does it say about the uh, about the Patriots at the eight pick? Let's see. You've got Trevor Lawrence one, Zach Wilson two, three Niners take Mac Jones four, Justin Fields. All right, four is Justin Fields. Bears trade all the way up. Oh, really? All the way up. We'll, well get to that in a second. The Broncos had traded up, and then I had to mix with okay. adjustments on that. Got that. No, but uh, if you read. Yeah, but eight, you've got the Patriots. Uh, Patriots could hold firm at 15. Hope that Lance falls to him, but we're starting to get 
to the area where either Chicago or Washington could be making calls to jump in front of them. The cost to go from 15 to 8 isn't overwhelming, so they pull the trigger, make the move to secure the last of the five elite quarterback prospects. Oh, they edited. <laughs> the next line that they cut out was, or they could make a deal for Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Dang, that hurts. I've got the original in front of me right here, not the edited version. Wow. My bad. You know, I had a guy tell me early this early this week, actually on Saturday, that editors, man. Woo. <laughs> I've heard, You've I've heard, heard that, that too, huh? Something else to look for would be New England trying to reacquire Jimmy Garoppolo from San Francisco and passing on the rookies. Wow. Didn't make it. Sorry. Doesn't count. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Off the, that really backfired. Side of the story. That whole <laughs> having, you, having you read it, yeah, really yeah. backfired. That blew up right in your face. <laughs> uh, Jamar Chase, you have gone fifth to Cincy. Miami gets Kyle Pitts at six. Panay Sewell to the Chargers. Detroit trades back. Chargers move up to get Sewell. Yeah, I think the Chargers go into this draft really, really well, obviously really wanting a tackle, but um, Sewell would be their preferred candidate. If he falls, listen, to move up to four or five, it's a huge jump. To move up to seven, doesn't take a whole lot. Micah Parsons, nine. That'll screw my uh, first defensive player drafted pick, which was Sertain, Sertan. Um Who's going to go 10 to the Cowboys? Then you've got Devonta Smith to the Giants. Waddle to the Eagles. That's good. J.C. Horn to the Lions. That'll be the Lions trading back. Yeah, the if the Lions trade back, I think what they'd hope that one of the Alabama receivers would fall to them. Man, but your draft is setting up good for the really well for the Raiders here. All right, offensive lineman galore. Maybe get a defensive back. All right, Vikings at 14, Rashawn Slater. Damn it, there's a tackle. Panthers move back. 8-15, to 15, you've got Darasaw, tackle. Caleb Farley, cornerback, goes in front of him. Cardinals, all right. And then you have them taking Christian Barmore at yeah. defensive tackle. Yeah. It does I, make a lot of sense because a lot of people say it makes no sense. Uh, sure, but I also I think um, a couple things on this. First of all, I think they would take Darasaw or Slater if they were there. Um, but if they're not, I don't think you reach and take one of the one of the lower tackle prospects just to fill the need. I think you go best available player. I do think they take Parsons if he was there as well. Uh, Barmore is a game changer on the defensive line, uh, a guy that can play on the interior but also generate a lot of pressure, which would help, even though they've invested a lot in the defensive line. But here's the biggest thing to, for me to look for. Like, look at trends. Like, Gruden and Mayock, if anything, like if we want to say that they, you know, they've done their own boards and they don't, they don't participate in groupthink. They go off the radar. Whatever you want to say about them, they've been consistent in that you play well in the college football playoffs, they love you. And nobody has played as well in the college football playoffs the last couple of years as Christian Barmore has. He dominated those games this year. And so I think that makes a lot of sense that they love, they love big program guys. They love guys that have thrived in the spotlight before. Christian Barmore is that. All right. Tomorrow, we'll get you ready for the draft a little earlier. One to four, we're going to be over at Silver Sevens, and then we hand it off to the national draft coverage at four o'clock, and then uh, we'll have our own draft react video podcast going down around six thirty. We'll start about the thirteenth pick and take you through the Raiders pick into the twenties, and that's going to be up at Steve Cofield on Twitter, ESPN Las Vegas, LV Sports Network. It'll be on YouTube and Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, as well. Well, you're here. I got to get an update to the audience that you're you're here. Yeah. Uh, I heard that you were going over to the UFC media session presser, whatever it was today. Um, I didn't think you'd come out of there alive. 
You had some dealings with the UFC over the weekend, and uh, I assume you're being tailed by uh, lots of tough guys and gals. Twitter tough guys and gals, right? They're out to get you. A lot of threats, a lot of threats. So, one, you feel safe going out in public, and two, you made it out of a, a UFC event alive? Very pleasant. You didn't get attacked? It was very pleasant. Who was there? Bunch of fighters. Okay. A lot of UFC employees. Yeah. Everybody was very friendly. So this wasn't as big a deal, except for you personally getting threatened on the internet. It wasn't well, as big a deal as uh, people would think it is. That it blew over pretty quickly. Yeah, and I, I was talking to some of the people that were there today, and like they made good points. Like, if, I, I don't understand what the point would be of you know Dana White. Dana expresses himself, and he you know he's yelled at everybody before that's dealt with him. He's yelled yelled at me before, and then it's kind of over. Like you've got a relationship, and you move on, and. People were acting like they had to come to Dana's defense and attack me and send me death threats. Like, what is the point? Do you think, or is your thought that you that you send this tweet like attacking me, and then Dana's like, right on, you're my new friend now, buddy. Like, what is your, what? Why are you attacking? He doesn't need your help. He doesn't need you to attack on his behalf. So you, you know, five thousand people that did it and. Man, I told yes, you about because people people need need to feel included. I guess like they need to feel like they're some people need to feel like they're part of a bigger cause. And if you know someone has been deemed a villain by some, hey, I'm going to take up for them, and I'm going to go, I'm going to like be their army. Like, cut it out. Go back to life. Try to get some tuckus and the incel run. Uh, you're not going to do anything, so that's the first thing. Cut it out and uh, be a little nicer. And also think about the person on the receiving end. Like they have families. That's a real person. It's only sports. Calm the blank down. Not, not even me. Like, man, I, I don't even want to say because I, I know that if you say it, then people remember it for next time or whatever. Ninety nine point. Like I said, there's over five thousand now messages between that I found out some more today. Instagram, um, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter, email, voicemail. All right. Um, over five thousand, and some of them are probably legally actionable. I would say. Um, just a guess, but only like five or six of them like really got me, and there were certain things that people did, and like to like if you're gonna go on and find like old posts or old Instagram posts and comment on them, you're not even attacking me necessarily. Like it could be somebody else's family that looks at that, yeah, and like has that as something they cherish or. Have looked at and then yeah. you desecrate it by mm-hmm. throwing things up there. Yeah. Screw you, man. Oh, there, you got There's a lot of losers out there who need to get you know need to be in angst with someone and ruffle their feathers and whatever. They're not. They're not going to do anything. Let's talk. Let's talk about uh, what's really going on around the UFC. Which I. This is funny, man. Dana White has a a Paul brother problem. I know he went on the rant yeah. the other day and he's like. You know, we're not in the Jake Paul business. You know, congrats to the kid. He's making money. But, like, I put on real fights. Tonight, what we did here, whatever UFC it was in Jacksonville 261, like, this is what I do. Well, I'm not saying that either Paul brother can really fight and real guys on your roster would slaughter him. But is not when you say it's not what I do, you, you, you did a one-off with Randy Couture and James Toney. Now, James Toney's a longtime professional boxer at the time, but the fight was a joke. And you had a wrestler who was like 45 years old, and what's his what's it CM Punk, who was terrible. <laughs> didn't didn't they do it twice? Did he come back and fight a second time? No, he wanted to. Okay, 
So, but they did it once. Like, Jake Paul is no less legit than that guy. You already did it. Yeah. So why not just make money off the dude and move on? Because you're going to be asked about it all the time. And the other thing is, and, you know, maybe maybe Dana's setting us all up. He's like, I don't want any part of that business. Like, years ago. We're not doing female fighting. Oh, Ronda Rousey? Right? Maybe he was already thinking about Ronda Rousey well before that. So maybe this is all a work. But the thing is, his fighters are engaging with these Paul douchebags and getting into it and then helping them, you know, raise their fame. You know, Cormier walked up to Jake at an event, and, he, you know, at this last event, he, they're jawing at each other. I saw Paul come back and Jake Paul come back at it today. And, you know, Kamar Usman, who's, like, arguably your best pound-for-pound pound fighter, and he's like, I'll fight him. Like, you kind of have a little problem here. Right? Either, like, let's get in the business, make some money off the dude, and extinguish the whole thing, or you're going to hear about it for a while. I mean, I, I, w- I would think the – but uh, – the, the, other, the problem that you have with that, because I would agree, I think the best course of action to take care of this right now and eliminate it is to say, like, oh, right now he's talking about Kamaru Usman. Okay. Yep. Let Kamaru Usman go murder him, and it's over. But Jake Paul's not taking that fight. Like, he's going to talk about it and flex on it and pretend he will. Straight up offer it. He's not taking it. Offer it. He's not taking it, though. Okay, well then, or are you just helping him by doing well, that? Well, he'll, he'll, he'll do the... Oh, he says he's offering me this, but he's not because he's because Jake Paul is already taking like the John Jones side of like, hey, I make this much money. Why don't you pay John Jones that much money for which, a fight? Which, by the way, is true and fair. And this is that's what's really going to. And it's really brilliant. And it's brilliant. Brilliant. But if, if Dana White came out tomorrow and said, all right, here it is. Fifty million dollars. Fight Kamaru Usman. Jake Paul would say, well, the actual the small print said is only two million. I was going to take my lawyer said, don't take it. Like he, he will not take the fight. So that is the way to do it. But once you do that, you're letting him into the world, and then you're not going to accomplish what you want to accomplish because he's not going to actually take the fight. What do you think is happening with Floyd? Is he just is he starving for attention? He can't need money. Why is he doing this Logan Paul That's June six June six thing? Such easy it's just money. A, okay, well it's going to be he, at and it's going to be at Hard Rock Stadium. We didn't get it. You think because we weren't going to be open enough on June fifth, June sixth? Uh, no, we will be. Uh, my my. Why didn't guess, we get the fight? My guess. Floyd probably has a club appearance on that night. And he's like, oh, I'll stop by at Hard Rock Stadium and pick up $50 million on the way to the club. That's probably what happened. I mean, I, I, I don't – this is not a real thing, obviously. I, it's probably going to be some sort of exhibition or whatever they're going to do. Are we going are we, are we to be able to bet on this? Because I, I actually today from one of our contacts, I was set the offshore numbers. You can bet on it. Floyd's minus two thousand. Uh, Logan Paul's plus nine hundred. Two thousand. I know. <laughs> okay. I actually thought about it. I'm like, okay, time to go back to uh, Dustin DeHart and take out the rest of the equity in my house. Let's yeah, go. I mean, yeah, I'll put my house. And then, up. then that then that would be the fight that you know. If it counts, if it's an exhibition, yeah. I wouldn't because that 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 encourages Floyd. Floyd tears into yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no chance. If it's real, no, I don't want Floyd to tear a knee, but no. you put you put a ton of money. On it and something crazy happens. Yeah, I, I don't think I. That's the only one thing stopping me. If it wasn't like a real, if it didn't count on the record, if Floyd didn't care about it, like for that reason, yeah, then I probably wouldn't. Uh, but yeah, he's just going to mess around, and he's not. By the way, he's not fighting Jake Paul, the one that can fight. Logan's even worse. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, when I saw it booked, I was like, oh, Logan must be pretty good too. <laughs> no, he stinks. He, I think you've told me before he's just a hype man. Basically, yeah. I mean, he's he took 
he had that one weird boxing match, and I think it was like a majority draw yeah. or whatever it was. You know, we can call them D-bags all we want. Whatever they've done, I, I have no idea what Logan's going to make for the fight, but I bet you it surpasses uh, you know, what we're making. He's going to do well. Cormier wants to fight him in an MMA fight. Let's make that happen. And why is he doing that? Is this part of Cormier's post-career kind of wrestling Probably. persona? Probably. It's weird, though, isn't it? Makes some easy is it, money. Is it bad for boxing? Um, no, I mean, it's the only thing bo- people care about. Is it bad for real boxing? I guess. But yeah. maybe maybe it draws some interest. Like, this last, the Triller card, they actually put a real fight on there. Like, maybe that's the way. Like, right. You just to- keep having these crazy ones and throw a real fight in there here and there. Because I'm kind of I'm interested this weekend in boxing with uh, Ruiz is back Andy Ruiz, who like well I mean he well this is this is great too for guys like us who are a little bit puffy, a little bit. Um, it's it's Ruiz and Chris Ariola, and Ariola it's the same like he had so much trouble just you know staying in shape. But Ruiz, Wait, it's uh, May first of ninety eight. No, it's this, it's this weekend. Uh, Ruiz said he got up to three hundred and ten pounds. He got really sad and depressed I, I bet after he lost. Uh, he says he's down about 55 pounds, so he's he's down to 255. He does look center. Okay. He's never going to be like you know, he's gonna he's, he's going to be the Mac Jones of the heavyweight division. It's not gonna it's not gonna look pretty, but he's skilled. Wait a minute, what? Canelo's fighting next weekend. Well, that would be a problem, right? All right, we'll come back. <laughs> that you're right. <laughs> what the, the, these uh, these Paul brothers literally are overshadowing every big boxer in the world. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. The Bison Burger. Bison Burger. Yeah, get it. Bases loaded nachos. Let's do it. Got fish and chips. Let's do it. To me? No, there was a big guy looking at the menu here at the TI. I was trying to. Yeah, you couldn't hear me. Looking at the menu. Got to come in. Golden Knights game's coming up. 6 30. Got a draft beer special. $5 on the draft beer. You got the Collector's Cup as well. Sportsbook is right here. Got the kiosk as well. Big weekend on the way with the draft and the Oaks, the Derby. Lots of good stuff to look forward to here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Uh, Jay Billis with a, a good tweet here. I at this point, I just don't care because I know, I know this is going to happen, and uh, I'm not sure what the NCAA is or even means anymore. I don't know if it's going to be around, but Jay Billis said the contract extension for Mark Emmert. He's the president. He just got more money, and they extended him out to I think 2025. He said is a big middle finger to the ads, the commissioners, and those that value competence and results. Clearly, the NCAA just doesn't care. They're not looking yeah. for new leadership. And I saw a write-up on CBS Sports. Like, no one should be surprised. Emmert is actually doing exactly what a lot of people around college football want. And guess what they want? Status quo. Sure. Now, I think, they're, I think it's a pipe dream. They're living in the past. Like, it's running out. You're living in the past, man. Right? <laughs> Stick your hand in there, Dave. Sorry, I hijacked at that point. It was just, nah, it was, it was over. Uh, biggest stories of the draft tomorrow and tonight. Ooh. Uh, CBS Sports, I think, is on to this. We just mentioned the Patriots rumors. Uh, this one says, Patriots and Bears have canvassed the teams currently selecting between 7 and 10. Detroit, 
Carolina, Denver, Dallas about potentially moving up for a quarterback. Uh, this person says, I suspect at least one of them pulls it off. Mm. And that could be the story of the draft. It could also be a bunch of bullcrap, and they can't come to terms. And one of the guys, whether it's Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, who knows? Maybe they drop all the way down to that level. It ha- it happens almost every year. There's a highly touted quarterback, and then we're sitting there at 15. We're like, whoa, he's still available. 25, he's still available. Yeah, it can happen. It could. Yeah, I, I mean, I – I'm very intrigued by two defensive players with, you know, yellow flags for different reasons. Uh, Michael Parsons, for sure. How far does he go? He's the best defensive player in the draft. How far does he fall because of the maturity issues and Caleb Farley's medicals? He's the top corner. If you watch his tape, the guy's unbelievable, and he's only played the position for two years. He's going to be incredible if he's healthy. But is he healthy? And how far does he fall because of that? Those, those are the two big ones to me, but yeah. Any kind of quarterback fall or quarterback trade will take all the headlines. Stick your hand in there, Dave. We've got our podcast coming up tonight with Petro. That's our We're Not Blanking Around Here podcast. A lot more on draft betting, draft props, draft rumors. I've been wanting to have a cheese discussion on the podcast with Petro, and I might have to do that. The, uh, the bagged cheese debate has gone on for two hours now on Cofield and Company Twitter with JVT. And, uh, like, I think Mangano, one of our P1s, jumped in there. Uh, it looks like Big Mac has backed off on that, that all bag cheese is crap. Because <laughs> uh, someone tweeted at him, they're like, you know, a lot of bag cheese, it's just shredded cheese. So when you're getting a block, it's the same thing. Right. So congrats on being able to shred cheese, but you're not getting better cheese. Like, calm down. It's it's a brand, too. Like, if you go right. for the fancy brand that's, that's grated, no different. But, it, yes, if you buy, like, the... The discount one for four dollar or four dollars for eighteen pounds, probably not great cheese. Tune into the podcast tonight. We got other good stuff to get into. It's nine o'clock at Steve Cofield, ESPN Las Vegas on Facebook.